I'm ready when you are. I'm ready to go right now. That's where you go. That's where you yeah. sign. All right. You can see the clock, right? Yes. We'll start at uh, two minutes. It's actually going to be a lot longer than two minutes, Paul. Uh, <laughs> that's what she said. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say there. In the trap house. In the trap house. Chopper on the floor, pistol on the couch. Good rich, so I never had a bank account. Jack is going in, Jack is going out. Made a hundred thousand in my trap house. Money kind of short, but we can work it out. Made a hundred thousand in my trap house. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 17 of the Splashcast. I'm your co-host, Reggie. I'm your co-host, Norwood. Hey, man, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So before we start, we want to let y'all know that, ladies and gentlemen, we definitely listen to and read most of our comments, all of our comments for all of our supporters, our fans, and our haters as well. We welcome all of you. Uh, We actually are going to split this episode, and we're going to try something different today. We're going to split the episode into two parts. Uh, normally, our parts are our episodes are about an hour and a half to hour and 45 minutes. So we're going to try to split it into about two 45, 50 minute portions. That'll be a little bit easier to digest uh, instead of almost two hours. So with that being said, with part one of episode 17, this is going to be the Atlanta edition. We're going to talk about the Hawks, Falcons, Braves, and some trending topics because the trending topics involve Mercedes-Benz Stadium as well. So without further ado, let's get into the Atlanta edition of episode 17. We have a few topics that we're going to talk about today with the Hawks. A lot of a lot of news has come out since last we met. So first off, I want to send congratulations and kudos to Clint Capella. It's been a long time since the Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks have had a rebounding champ. Clint Capella led the league in rebounding this year. And even though he wasn't first team defense, I don't even know if he was second team defense. He ended up getting his trophy and rewarded for being the rebounding champion of 2021. You think he could do that in 2022, Norwood? Grow it, I'm not sure, but I think that he could he can continue to play at this level and offensively get better. Rebounding, I th- I think it's tough. I mean, it's a good season. It's tough to rebound any better than that. Um, but I 100% think he has the opportunity to be just as good next season. To me, it's more interesting of, wow, look at what the Atlanta Hawks look like when they have a legitimate five. Um, we had Alex Lynn last year, traded him. foul. Yeah. Big foul is what I called him. We, we had no center last year for the most of the season. We had John Collins, who's clearly a four play in the five. And now we have a legitimate center and we look like a real team. Um, so more kudos to them actually putting together a team. And uh, we look good. We look good, man. I am, man. And the, there were some other things to get excited, excited about this past week. The NBA draft took place and, 
we we really didn't talk about it because there really wasn't a lot of news when it came to the NBA draft. The first three the first three picks leaked, so we already knew what the first three picks were, and it was up the lead up to the draft. It was kind of subpar. Like nobody really we didn't have a lot of news. It was not much that happened, and then draft night happened, and we'll get into other teams when it comes to draft night and the wheeling and dealing. But we're going to stay with the Hawks right now. The Hawks with the 20th pick, picked Jalen Johnson. And with the 48th, was it 48th pick? 48th pick, picked yeah, Sharif correct. Cooper. Man, like I said, 48th pick, they picked Sharif Cooper. Travis Schlink, every time that we end up doubting Schlink and like, what you going to do now? You've got all of this talent, and we try got to resign these players. What you gonna do? He just goes, sits back. It's like, y'all don't worry, I got this. Jalen Johnson was like a top two player coming out of the draft, coming out of high school, and he was gonna rumored to be a lottery pick until he went to Duke and he opted out of the season and he had a foot injury. Sharif Cooper has been that dude. He's from Atlanta. Sharif Cooper has been that dude since he was in middle school. And he's short. He's like 6'1". No, what you think about our draft picks, man? Tell me what your thoughts on Jalen Johnson. I already know your thoughts on Sharif Cooper, but the world's going to hear him in a second. Tell me your thoughts on our draft, man. I just want a number one. Um, I don't know where I need to send my, my ballot for, for executive of the last few years, Travis Link, but – if he's not in consideration, then I don't I don't know what's going on. He's nailed every pick minus Omari Spellman, you know, spot on. This is one of the number one, it feels great not to have to be, you know, dependent on whoever we draft and needing that person to play pretty much immediately. Uh it feels good Very that we true. can actually, Very you true. know, take a risk on a player like Jalen Johnson, who does from everything that I see have all the skills. Um had some off the court stuff type of deal as far as with COVID and whatnot. But from everything that I've read, everybody says that this guy has all the skills to be a top level player. So for me, that's exciting that we have the depth to be able to take a swing. Um, it feels good that everybody believes that he has all the qualities to be a good player. And then we stole Sharif Cooper in the second round, which a lot of people Ooh. say he had uh, lottery capabilities and he's like great value, Trey Young. So uh, it still keeps some consistency on the court of always having, you know, pretty good playmaking. And Travis Slink is Travis Slinking it in like nobody's business at this point. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And and there was a point that we made when we were both talking about it on draft night with some of the other moves that have been made. We are now like our our bench kind of looks like our starting five. What like, is what is everybody else doing? How was Travis Slink just out processing the process? No <laughs> nobody sees it like hey, this guy is nailing it. Like should we not cheat off his paper? Um man, cuz he he is he is he is trying to do what everybody says you should not do as a GM is where you try to plan for tomorrow and win today at the same time. And he right now looks like he's pulling it off. But what I will say that he typically does is he picks players that can play. 
That's was that was my next point. His his yeah. plan is play today. Uh, yeah, yeah. We don't have anybody who you can't really play like pretty much immediately, and if you don't, adios, mi amigo Bruno and Omari Spellman. <laughs> you you play or you go home in Atlanta. Um, and I think that's great, and I feel like he's probably going to nail at least. This is the thing. He don't even have to hit on both of these. He just hit on one. That's a luxury that we have. Preferably uh, the point guard would be great with Sharif Cooper. I feel like Jalen Johnson has the higher ceiling, but he's way more risky. Yeah. Uh, I think Sharif Cooper is more like a taller Isaiah Thomas that played for the Celtics and Mm -hmm. the – and the Cavaliers and everything. I think he's a taller version of him because he can get anywhere on the court. He just dropped anywhere. like 65 in some rec league a couple of days Yeah, ago. he can do whatever he wants. So, it, it and Jalen Johnson is, he could be, his ceiling is a better version of John Collins because he's already steps ahead of him in terms of ball handling. So, you know, this this is this is pretty good by Schlink. This is pretty good by Schlink. So, with that being said, where do the Hawks go from here, man? We've got a lot of stuff going on. So for those, for the Hawks fans listening that don't know, uh, it's been rumored that John Collins is about to sign either a four or five year, 120 to $125 million contract. And you kind of got it with the Hawks. It's an extension and you kind of got to do it. Right. And then there we swapped out Chris Dunn. The Hawks actually ended up signing DeLon Wright in a three ray trade. Uh, that sent Tristan Thompson from the Celtics to the Kings and DeLon Wright went from the Kings to the Hawks and Chris Dunn went from the Hawks to the Celtics along with Bruno Fernando. And then we let Brandon Goodwin walk. Uh, We're gauging interest in Lou Williams. Lou Williams wants a three to five year deal. Gallo's still on the block. It's a whole lot of stuff going on, man. Where do the Hawks go from here, Noah? Well, tell me your thoughts. Let's start out with John Collins. I do not. Oh, number one, what do we say all the time, every episode from now until the check is signed? Pay John pay Collins. Pay John Collins. That's the answer, number one. That's the first thing we do is we pay the man who got us here. Second of all, looks like Gallo is is leaning on uh, on borrowed time. <laughs> the everlasting off. <laughs> I, uh, you know... We already got a couple bigs. We drafted another one. Uh, and you have a, a big enough contract where we can move you and probably get something pretty decent. Or I'm sure, you know, Travis Link likes picks more than anything in the world. He'll take somebody who may be a little bit less talented and see if we can get a first uh, yep. first or a second uh, in the future for somebody who, you know, needs Gallo, like who needs points. Gallo can still get you those points right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, Not and Slink tends Slink tends to use, and I'm I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm gonna let you keep going. But Slink tends to use his second round picks as like almost as cash, like uh, aside from Sherry Cooper. But he, if he has multiple second round picks, he just kind of throws those in there with like expiring contracts. Yeah, like we'll send you a second round pick if you give us this old player with a fifty million dollar expiring contract. You know what I mean? So Slink is willing to deal. But go ahead, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that was it, man. I just um. I would probably, I would probably keep Gallo on the team as long as I could, at mm-hmm. least to see how. I mean, you know, until uh, Okungu comes back. But I am looking for if I get a good enough deal that I just move on from Gallo. 
um, and see what we can do. Definitely. De- I mean, it sucks because Gallo, he was such a microwave, but he was such a liability on defense. And with it really, to me, even though it does, it does depend on Okungu because he's out until January, but I think we can make a move for that. It really, for me, depends on Jalen Johnson. How quickly Jalen Johnson can assimilate himself into the rotation. If he can come in from day one and get you, you know, eight to ten, eight points and ten rebounds and a block and just an energy player and play defense, I mean, yeah, at that point you become ex- expendable, Gallo. Yeah, I, I think Jalen Johnson needs to try to go through the DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish school of thought of let me just get in here and play real good defense. And if mm-hmm. I play good defense long enough, everything else will kind of come around. But if I stick on defense, Nate will be happy with me and I'll be able to show my value. Yep. Yep. Because he's, he's, he's a freakish athlete. Basically, do, do the exact opposite of Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> Definitely. So do you? Uh, there was an under-the-radar move that I mentioned earlier. We signed DeLon Wright. So DeLon Wright is a six-foot-five combo guard. He has really good playmaking ability. He uh, plays the point guard and the shooting guard. That is an under-the-radar signing because it, it satisfies not only our backup point guard situation, he also can score and he plays pretty good defense. So now the, the fallout of that is they let Brandon, they let G Lee walk, man. They let G Lee walk. And I don't even know if he bring back Lou. I like to bring back Lou, but I guess it's just more to see as time goes on. Yeah. I would like in a perfect world. I would like Lou to be our third point guard and not necessarily even a point guard, just a guard, because you know, when you need him, he can get you some points quickly, but he's just, he's not going to be able to do that every night. And I think now we have enough guard coverage that he can get in there. And then the moments that he's in there, he doesn't have to worry about doing any facilitating at all. Lou, just go get all the shots you want. Yeah, let let Deron right, let Delon Wright do the, the do the yeah yeah. Or yeah. but you're you're probably gonna have Trey or Herder on the floor with, with Lou at any point anyway. So yeah, the thing about me and what I've seen or what I've been reading is Lou wants a two or three year deal. Not a chance. Yep. Not a chance. I'm touching that. Lou, I love you to death, but we are not paying you. Like, Lou Williams three years from now, man, hell no. We just, <laughs> we just got out of we just got out of a, a bad contract for a reason. We just traded Rondo. Like, yeah, hopefully, nah, hopefully we're, we're not the person who gets into these bad relationships back to back to back. Like, come on, yeah. man. Then the problem is you, not them. Yeah. You can't uh, have these bad deals. Slink, I, hopefully you learned from this last one. The only thing about this this trade is I think we should have just maybe kept Tristan Thompson. Yeah. But, again, you got to trust Nate. You got to trust Slink. Like, Slink hasn't made any bad moves. I also misspoke. DeLon Wright averaged 10 and 5, 10 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. So, he that's solid for a backup. And how many that's minutes? You need. 20 minutes, 27 minutes, 27 minutes a game. That's a decent amount of time on the floor. That's not bad. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, still, that's not bad, though. So, I mean, uh, that's what, he's not going to play that much. The production is definitely there. I just didn't know he's playing 27 minutes a night. Well, he was in Sacramento. He was in exactly. Sacramento and Detroit last year. So, I mean, oh, talk about bad got... and worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, you got, you got, 
he got a chance. He got a chance to play. Could so, you imagine Sacramento, Detroit, and now you're in Atlanta? Oh, nah, I'm putting all life behind me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you did bring up a good point. That Tristan Thompson, I, that would have been a wonderful sign because he's all energy except for the fact that he probably would have lost his mind in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. But it is what it is. We'll 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 keep up with free agency talk as we go on. I hope, like I said, hopefully that we pay John Collins sooner than later. Free agency opens up on tomorrow, Monday, August second. So uh, if you don't got anything else, Norwood, I think we're gonna move on to some football. Yeah, TMZ would have been tearing Tristan's ass up in Atlanta, boy. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the football segment of our ATL edition of episode 17. We got some stuff to talk about. The Falcons uh, training camp has started. That's always news for us because that means we are one step closer to actual football. So with that being said, man, we have a few things we want to talk about. The first thing is I was going to talk about the Aints, but I talk about them last because that's what they deserve to be. Training camp. What do you expect to see out of training camp? For me, I want to see how Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurst play together. I want to see how Mike Davis uh, plays into into the new offense. I want to see how Matt Ryan picks up the new offense. Uh, I want to see – I really can't gauge the defensive line in training camp because it's not, you know, right now, it's not like old days where you used to do bull in the ring and all that crazy stuff hitting. Now they don't hit at all. So, you know, I just want to see the chemistry and I kind of want to see how we're going to use Calvin Ridley and the offense and how they work together. What are you expecting to see out of training camp? My thing is, and it's it's training camp, but it's also this season. This is Matt Ryan's, this is a real important season for Matt Ryan. This is his first season with no Julio. Mm, Um, Legacy season. Yeah, and as a person who believes it, Matt Ryan is one of the top five greatest Falcons of all time. And be, and I don't even think it's arguable. He's the best Falcon quarterback of all time. I want to, I want him to have the opportunity to show people that he's still a good quarterback, even without Julio. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what's our new coach name? Smith, Arthur Smith. Yeah. Arthur Smith. He, uh, he actually runs a very quick passing game um he does like to push it down the field when the op- opportunity presents itself but he leans uh, now he is known to be able to create offenses based on the personnel that he's given not based on the personnel that he gets so he had like i mean any, anybody can have a good offense with derrick henry but he also turned that tennessee offense into a really really good offense with ryan Tannehill and derrick henry and aj brown so and it also came out I, this was a little thing i'm throwing in there that they actually asked Julio to stay and, be, and begged him to stay, the, the coaching staff and the general manager, and brother was like, nah. So, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, man, I mean, I want to see how how the how the new team, the new team and the new coaching staff looks with our current players. Uh, we've been going through the Falcons schedule. And as of last episode, I think we both have them at seven and two because we have a cupcake schedule so far. 
I, I, I am kind of, I'm still on that Washington game. You still going to call me out and say, I don't know anything about Washington's offense. I don't know who their quarterback is. I don't know who their receivers are. I don't know who their running back no, is. Or no, Reggie, you expect their defense to score 28 points. But their defense is amazing, dog. But we've already talked about that. I think we're probably going to lose that game. Norwood talked me into saying that we're going to win that game. But we'll we'll see. This week, it would be week 11, and we play the Patriots at home. And this is not the normal Patriots that we, we're used to seeing with Brady and no-name receivers. Well, they still got no-name receivers. Brady and no-name receivers and Bill Belichick just out coaching and out executing everybody. This Patriots team is not that good at all. So I actually expect us to finally win this game and hopefully get the mental monkey off our back in in big games and we can actually flourish going forward. I actually have us winning this game and I actually have us winning this game by 21 points. What about you? Well, funny that we're back here with Jameis and Tamus part two um <laughs> Patriots very similar to the Saints don't know exactly who's going to be their number one quarterback and I think that they have two quarterbacks and neither one of them are probably that good Cam and Mac yes. Mac Cam um I don't nothing on this offense really excites me that much <laughs> um you got Nelson Ag- Bill yeah. yeah you got Nelson Aguilar who got fired from the Eagles because he couldn't catch a ball. Um, <laughs> you, catch have, a cold. you got Cam Newton, who got fired from the Panthers. Because <laughs> he can't throw they, a ball. And they have <laughs> Sam Darnold. Anytime that you get fired and then they come behind you and hire Sam Darnold, you need to reassess parts of your life and your career. And Mac Jones. I just don't think that he's that good, but I do think that he'll be starting by probably, if not this point in the season, Whenever their bye week is, I would ex- I would expect Mac Jones to be the starter. Um, default, he's the default starter. <laughs> and, and I don't I don't even really blame Cam for not starting this whole season. This team is trash offensively. There's nothing here that I'm afraid of, um, except for possibly catching COVID. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have they have nothing. Now their defense. I mean, I always expect Bill Belichick to scheme something. To where he's going to take away something, right? So I expect that. But there's, there, I mean, the, their offense is just atrocious. Uh, it is atrocious. And I think Mac Jones will actually probably, he went to the best situation for him to go with Josh McDaniels because Josh mm-hmm. McDaniels is not a good head coach, but he's a this, good offensive coordinator. This is never the best decision when you go to a team with an old quarterback who's not that good and zero weapons. Um, <laughs> but gonna, I mean, he gets to learn. I mean, he has no expectation. Learn what from who? Other Josh than Bill. Oh well, yeah, sure, but <laughs> it's hard to learn when they out there whooping your ass, Richie. <laughs> you gonna learn that yeah. way? I, I shouldn't do that again. Uh, <laughs> but but whatever, man. Falcons. David Carr. That game. David Carr. That's how he learned. <laughs> Boy, learn how to be in sack more than everybody else in the world. <laughs> God, David yeah. Carr got sacked so much. Just they don't even blame him for being bad. They were just nope. like, you, you really had no chance. Like you had no chance. He was sacked eighty times in a season, ladies and gentlemen. There are sixteen. There were there were seventeen now. Sixteen games in a season. I'm gonna do the math real quick. Sixteen games in a season. 
you were sacked 80 times. That means you were sacked five times a game, which means you were sacked more than once a quarter. You were sacked 1.25 times a quarter, right? So those that watch football know that the quarterback doesn't just get sacked once and then never gets hit again. He was getting hit all the time. So this is my little 30-second caping for David Carr because he got mollywhopped. They beat him out of the league. His mm-hmm. offensive line beat him out of the league. Yeah, you cape all you want to for that dude. He um, was trash. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, I don't think he deserved what he got, but he wasn't good either. Uh, ah. And I will say the Patriots do have John o. Smith and Hunter Henry um, at tight end, but yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, last though, like what are you going to do with that though? Like that that's still not scaring me. I can figure that out. I can stop that. I can stop that. Um, oh yeah, y'all could y'all could run more uh, dives <laughs> with Cam Newton. Uh, <laughs> Hit that shoulder. So the Falcons will end up winning this game. And I think we end up going to either eight and two or seven and three. I I, I still, like I said, I'm still on the fence about that Washington game, but it looks like we're going to be about eight and two. Yeah. I definitely think we beat Jameis and Tamis part two. I think we should win this game 28, uh, 14. We're least. not, we're not a good team, but we got to be better than these suckers. Um, yeah. yeah. We're better than them, dude. So, but uh, like I said, mu- I, not much better, but we got to be better, <laughs> but we are better i do want to bring up something that's funny if you are a falcons fan if you're an nfl fan or football fan you know all games are made of rivalries so i could not let this segment go without poking fun at the aints the aints have now changed their stadium name it is their stadium is known for being mercedes-benz Superdome, right? Mercedes-Benz Superdome. It was the Superdome, then it became the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And then the Falcons put their nuts on the table and said, you know what? We're about to build a better stadium. And we're going to take your, your major corporate sponsor, Mercedes-Benz. We built the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Ha-ha! So they changed their name because Mercedes-Benz just couldn't deal with that bullshit over there in New Orleans anymore. They changed their name to Caesars Palace or the Caesars Palace Superdome, I believe. They did that out of desperation because they definitely had just as long of a debate as the Cleveland Guardians did on the name. And they came up with season. And to make matters worse, what is one thing we say about uh, former Falcons when they go to other teams? They going to be trash, except for Julio, except for Julio. Yeah, they going to be trash. All right. But Devontae Freeman did graduate from college. He graduated from Florida State this year. So shout out to Devontae Freeman. I got to give you your compliment sandwich before uh, I talk shit about you. So you definitely deserve and all the congratulations and kudos for getting your degree and finishing what you started. And you've had a wonderful career in the NFL. You made it to some point where a lot of people don't. But you also signed with the Aints. And we know you're not good no more. We know you're not good no more. We honestly don't care. This is really my segment, as Norway hasn't really said much, because I don't like the Aints. I hate them. Now, this is what I'm going to say. I'll try to be brief and succinct. Number one, when it, number one, congratulations on graduating. That's the first thing. <laughs> you know some bullshit coming. Now that we got <laughs> – no, no. I'm actually – hey, it, you know, I'm happy for people graduating from college, all of that – you know, that's what it's truly about. But with that said, now that we got the formalities out of the way, 
we knew that Devontae Freeman wasn't good before we signed it. When he told <laughs> us to back, back up, up the brakes truck. truck, we should have <laughs> backed the brakes truck up over him. Um, <laughs> hey, now man. you're going to go to the – you're going to Jamison Tamis. Um, congratulations, because they don't have any receivers and they don't have any quarterbacks. So you're going to get over there, and I don't know what that's going to look like. They probably have you playing like H back or maybe outside linebacker by the end of the season, knowing them. Um, yep, yep, you're gonna be out there, bro. But yeah, good luck, you guys. You, you and the Saints deserve each other, y'all. Be and great. and y'all offensive line, y'all did sign that one dude uh, to an extension because he's one of the better offensive line. But everybody else ain't that good, bro. And we know you can't really take no hit no more. You was getting knocked yeah. out at the end of your stuff, end of your career here. That so, team makes, stay safe. That team makes zero sense. <laughs> poor, poor Alvin Kamara. He's gonna have to throw the ball to himself. He's gonna have to run and block for himself. You hate to see it. Yeah, it's, no, it's you gonna don't. be tough. <laughs> no, nope, you don't. I, but I don't. I don't at all. I do not at all. So, ladies and gentlemen, Drew Brees by the end of the season. Hey, Drew, <laughs> trying, to run that, trying to run that thing back. Hey, Andrew, look, <laughs> you had enough time off. <laughs> oh man so we've come to the end of our falcon segment ladies and gentlemen with that being said Nord, if you're ready let's get into some baseball they got baseball to get into Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our baseball segment of the Atlanta edition of episode 17. We're going to talk about the Braves. We finally have some news. But first, before we get to our wheeling and dealing at the trade deadline, uh, the Braves are still some mid, man. We are we can't win two games in a row. We win a game, not, we lose a game. Not to save our life. It's like <laughs> you just want. It's, it's highs and lows, highs and lows, highs and lows. It's never like, all right, well, let's just win four or five games in a row and show that we're a decent baseball team. It's like, oh, we'll blow somebody out, then we'll get blown out. Then we'll lose and, by and, one. Yeah, it's, man. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's mind-numbing to watch the Braves. But you, because you're like, we could be – I know we lost Acuna, but we could still be good. But then it's like, ah, we could also uh, still be bad. Can we be good though? Because doesn't look like we can. We, we can be good for short periods of time. We've lost basically basically all of our power hitters. We've lost Acuna. We've lost Azuna. We, which is that's an interesting story all in itself that we're not going to get into. But traded uh, Sandoval too. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's batting like one forty seven. So I mean, you had you, uh, the only thing he can do is bat. And he wasn't doing that. So now he's a waste of space, a large waste of space. So I, I get that. But uh, Alex Anthopoulos finally made some moves by trading some prospects, but he didn't really get who I thought we were going to go after. But he did make some moves, guys. So uh, Alex Anthopoulos added, we brought back Adam Duvall. For those that remember, he was actually like slugging the baseball out of the, out of the park last year for us. and then. We didn't re-sign him. He went to the Marlins, and 
lo and behold, what happens when you don't resign somebody that was on your team, they go somewhere else in the division. He was batting like 600 against us with like three home runs. So we ended up losing. So we brought him back. So then we signed uh, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, and we brought in a pitcher. We uh, we brought in a pitcher from Pittsburgh, Richard Rodriguez, to try to help bolster the, the bullpen. All of these moves to me seem like desperation moves because we are desperate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you'd be doing about our teams, Reggie, but we are desperate as hell. Well, your intuition is right. <laughs> All of, you guessed it. You're right. Yeah, Braves man. desperate. Uh, Falcons desperate. Hawks ain't desperate, but close. We was there. We were desperate not too long ago. So, Man, to me, Snicker, you're still on the hot seat because you can't string together wins. I think that you're kind of being exposed without Acuna. Uh, our pitching is so bad. Even the person we brought in, Rodriguez, isn't that great. He just hey, He's just better than everybody else we have in the bullpen. Do you think bringing in these players at the trade deadline actually moves the needle? I think that we needed a shuffle. I think we needed some new players and and, and we needed something. Now, I don't know if that's going the shuffle is going to bring us up or it's going to bring us down. But my by my estimation like we're not playing like we're going we're not playing that well anyway right now. Only thing okay. we can do is try to make a move and see if we can get a push. If we don't, but well, we was damned if we did. So if you don't make a move, then you kind of destined to be that team i like it I it, it shows something i, I wish he would have made a, a kind of a i guess we didn't we have a lot of prospects that he could have made a blockbuster trade for but it is what it is you know but i'm happy not to be the cubs and to not be the montreal expos because i don't want to be on a fire sale team and Woo! they were everything they won the World series two years ago and traded everything and only got back prospects so the season is done. You might as well, you might if you got season tickets, you can go ahead and get them to anybody who you want to because you are not there to watch anything now. Yep. Well, the only <laughs> thing they got now is Juan Soto. The future. <laughs> That's what you got. <laughs> today ain't it, brother. No, it is not. It is not. So hopefully the Braves, uh, these moves will pay off and we can do a late season push. If not, we'll be talking about who's going to be the next Braves manager because, again, you heard it here first, folks. We called the Lloyd Pierce, unfortunately, when it was time for him to move on. Uh, we knew Dan Quinn was out of here before we even started the podcast. Everybody knew he was out of here. And then we've been calling Snickers. He's been on the hot seat even when we were winning at the beginning of the year. I was like, yo, we're not we're not where we need to be. He's going to be on the hot seat. Shout out. To the Dallas Cowboys, quickly <laughs> signing Dan Quinn to your defensive coordinator. Fantastic way to read the room, you clowns. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of our baseball segment. Let's get into some trending topics. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our trending topic segment. 
we only have one thing to talk about since this is the ATL edition, part one of episode 17. Everybody knows that Kanye West is releasing an album called Donda in recognition of his late mother, Donda West. He had a listening party in Atlanta and the album was incomplete and there was mixed reviews. It has now come out that Kanye West is living in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And if y'all can see this picture, it looks like he's living in a locker room. A single person's locker room slash jail cell. No, the locker room looks better than this this room. Yeah, this this room is better. The locker room is nice. This is just a room. And he's living in the stadium to complete Donda, his upcoming studio album that is scheduled to be released on August 5th. And he is actually having another listening session of the featured of the completed album. What are your thoughts on Kanye? I don't really know what to say. What are your thoughts on Kanye living in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, hiring a personal chef and confining himself to a eight by eight room to finish the album? This is the most Kanye West thing that Kanye West can do is live in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, and my thing is, I feel bad for the person who has to be there with him. Because you know it's somebody who's responsible for him. That's him. what I was thinking. And it's like, it's probably like, and it's a Mercedes-Benz staff member. Do you That's know, there for no reason. You there you, for one person. You know what type of headaches you're dealing with and requests that you're Honestly, jumping through hoops for with Kanye. Oh my God. I feel so bad for that human. Um, hopefully, they're getting paid commiserately with the work that they'll be putting in. Um, but I wish I could just be there. I wish I could take I, that. I would really want to be a fly on the wall because you know there's some genius in there going on. I wish I could have that person uh, taped every day and just go through their, uh, their everyday moves with Kanye and I would just laugh and enjoy myself because I know it's just put an invisible GoPro on the sound engineer because you know that sound engineer and you know how them artists be no 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 not the sound engineer like you know somebody who just works at Mercedes-Benz who's just got to be like all right well Kanye's here you know somebody who's assigned to deal with Kanye all day oh they got the they got the walkie-talkie yeah (laughs) or or like is it like the terminal um, or it's oh. like, like it's so much like that's I a hope, solid reference. That's a solid I, reference. I hope that they're like taping this and like there's gonna gotta be, be it's gotta be a documentary. Gotta yeah, be a documentary. The dome, like yeah, the dome documentary. I want to see this. I they, know if, if if they don't have a documentary, they drop the ball. His team, Mercedes Benz, Arthur Blank, somebody because you know he renting out that space. It's not like he's staying there for free. Somebody like, dropped the ball. What else is he doing? Like once he leaves, like the little studio, like is he just walking around? Is he like shooting layups? Like when he wants to, I can only imagine what Kanye is doing in that stadium all day. He probably gonna come out with like four albums. This is gonna be a quad quadruple. Damn man, damn, bring out the music, man. That's what I really want. (laughs) All these antics. Can we just get the album? And I'll be happy. But y'all gonna keep playing and Drake and Kanye gonna come out on the same weekend and it's gonna be some smoke in the city. Ooh, 
smoking that city. Uh, also, another trending topic for my Atlanta people, for my Atlanta people, those that are from Atlanta or from Georgia, uh, y'all know about this man. He has one of the hardest songs that ever came out in the history of Southern rap. He went straight at Master P. His name is Pastor Troy. Pastor Troy came out, ain't no boy playing GA. And for some reason, we don't really play that song at any of the Atlanta sports events. No Falcons games, no Hawks games, no Braves games, no United games, no nothing. We don't play it. It is now said that Pastor Troy is one of the official representatives of the Atlanta Falcons, which means that his music will be played at the Falcons game. Unfortunately, we had to sacrifice Julio to get that. That's a big deal for us anyway. So I did just want to acknowledge that we finally going to get some more Ain't No More Playing GA in, in, the, in the stadium. My thing is, I'm just happy that, uh, number one, I'm happy that we finally get some more pass with Troy. Also, this Julio trade, man, we need big bundles of karma coming back this way, man. You <laughs> did right by that, man. Come on, man. Let us. We have made this sacrifice. The entire state needs this. We need this big, we need this juju back in a big way, man. It is extremely important. Yep. Yep. It is, man. It is. So shout out to shout out to Pastor Troy. Shout out to Kanye West, who's actually a Grady baby for y'all that don't know. And uh with that being said, we have come to the end of part one of episode 17, ladies and gentlemen. Sit back, relax, take a brief intermission. Uh, like Billy, like Billy May said, wait, there's more. Make sure you tune back in for episode 17, part two. Coming right back at you. Well, it's the M.I. Cricket letter. Ain't no one better. And when I'm on the microphone, you best to wear your sweater. Cause I'm cooler than the polar bear's toenails. Oh, hell, then he go again. Talking that shit. Bend corners like I was a curve. I struck a nerve. And now you about to see this southern plague serve. I heard it's not where you from, but where you pay rent. Then I heard it's not what you make. But how much you spend, you got me bent like elbows. Amongst other things, but I'm not worried. Cause when we set up in the party, like I'm out you sorry. So go get your fucking shine box. And your sack of nickels. It tickles. Cause see, you try to be like Mr. Pickles. Daddy Fat Sax B-I-G-B-O-I is that same motherfucker that took them knuckles to your eye And I try to warn you not to test but you don't listen Giving a shout out to my uncle Donnell locked yeah. up in prison Now throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care And if they like fish and grits and all that pimp shit Everybody let me hear you say oh yeah girl. Now throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care And if they like fish and grits and all that pimp shit Everybody let me hear you say oh yeah Oral illustration be like cultural stimulation to the female gender. Ain't nothing better. Let me know when it's wet enough to enter. If not, I wait because the future of the world depends on if or if not the child we raise gonna have that nigga syndrome. I wouldn't know to be.